Hello and welcome. What you're about to hear is an interview with another bookkeeper. This is not a bookkeeper applying for a job with me. This is a bookkeeper who agreed for me to interview them to get a sense about their business and how they got where they are. This started as part of a different project, but has evolved into intentional interviews. I feel like it's important for bookkeepers to know that bookkeeping is not a one-size-fits-all. Rather, bookkeeping is what you make of it. You get to decide what services you offer. You get to decide what you do, how often you do it, and who you do it for. I thought that there would be value in having us listen to other bookkeepers describe their business and how they run their business. My goal for this is to encourage and inspire you to think about what you want to do and how you want to do it and just hear how other people got to where they are. Let's begin. So Christy, thank you so much for helping me with my project because you are actually a professional bookkeeper and not a florist who is struggling with your books. I wanted to get a chance um, for anybody watching this to get to know you and get to know what you offer and who you are. So first, can you tell me who you are in your business? Yes. Um, and thank you for having me, Rachel. This is really a great opportunity. Um, I started my service business fresh out of college. I had it for about 10 years. I was in partnership with my husband at the time. And I was responsible for doing all the bookkeeping, all the back office work. It was not computerized. It was all done by hand on one of those big old green spreadsheet things. But what I did was, because I didn't know any better, I collected all of my receipts for the year and put them in a shoebox. So at the end of the year, I took my shoebox and my check register to my CPA and said, here you go. And from that, he got everything organized for me and filed my tax return for me. So that went on for the length of the business. What I did was if I had money in my checking account, I knew I could pay my bills. That was the extent of my financial expertise. Well, that's not a way to run a business. I didn't have financial information to make valid decisions on where the growth of the business was going to go. I mean, we did okay, but it could have been a lot better than it was. So um, after the business was sold, went on to work for a few different firms. My most recent job was being an accounting manager for a major hotel franchise. We had 80 employees, did all the payroll for them, the W-2s, the 1099s, did all the bank reconciliations for major checking accounts and credit card accounts. Just, you know, everything that is involved in an accounting business, except for filing the taxes at the end of the year, I did. And I was all self-taught. I learned desktop originally and then moved on to QuickBooks Online. So I'm very well versed in both of those programs. That's an adjustment. I started on desktop as well. And moving to online for me was hard because I was like, oh, I'm used to my shortcuts and everything was faster. And like I would grumble, but I'm like, well, I'll never be sad that I learned a thing. But in the moment, I'm sad about the experience because it's hard. (laughs) So you mentioned you had a service-based business and you you did the thing which many business owners do. You've you've got the box of receipts and the, you know, the crossing of the fingers. Now that you're more experienced and wiser, how does that impact or how do you like help people with their bookkeeping? Well, first of all, I want to emphasize the fact that there is no judgment in the way people give me their information in order to get it organized and categorized. Because I've been there. I know what a mess it could be. So no judgment on my part. But I sit down and collaborate with the client and ask a lot of questions because I want to make sure that the information that I am going to be providing for them is accurate. 
that's a really important part, the communication end of it. The other thing that I make sure that I do is that I stay in contact with the clients. You know, I've heard horror stories of people that have contracted with either bookkeepers or CPAs where they have questions about things. And, you know, two weeks later, they get a response by email, which I don't do that. It's communication is utmost importance to me. Accuracy is of utmost importance to me. Those two things combined, plus the expertise that I have in bookkeeping, makes my firm very successful. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's incredibly frustrating when you have those conversations where the person said, oh, well, the person I hired doesn't get back to me. And I'm like, I understand you're not going to get a couple hour response, but two weeks, you got to scale back on your clients if that's your approach. Or care more. I have compassion for your clients. And if you don't have that, it's going to come across. So Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I was thinking maybe they had too many, but maybe they just forget what it's like to be small and stressed out and just really need that helping hand. You mentioned that one of your jobs was working at the hotel with a bunch of employees and a bunch of just everything in the accounting department. How does that help you now? Because I imagine a lot of your clients are smaller than a big franchise. Which actually gives me a little bit of breathing room. (laughs) It got very hectic keeping up with deadlines with a company that large. But what it did is that it gave me the skills to handle complex financial tasks, including the payroll and the tax management and reconciling really large checking accounts and credit card accounts. So I have that expertise and that time management that went along with that. So that was a really good learning tool for me. Because of that, laid the groundwork for Baypoint Bookkeeping, which helped me to focus on delivering exceptional virtual services with the same attention to detail that I was giving the large corporation. And interestingly enough, as I was working for the hotel, COVID hit. So I became a virtual bookkeeper. I was working remotely from home, which taught me a lot of skills about time management and organization and communication because I wasn't there every day talking with the general manager and people that needed answers from me. So I needed to make sure that I managed my time and really honed my communication skills. So that was a blessing. Yeah, I can imagine, especially because it's not just you with the paperwork. Like you really need other people to give you stuff and people that you might have been able just to walk across the lobby and be like, okay, documents, please. And now you're like, uh, I need the documents. and I need you to not ignore me. And I have these deadlines. And they're not just like, oh, if you felt like getting to it, it's more like, no, you really got to get this done. Because I imagine that fines and everything are just, they're just so much bigger than what we encounter in our businesses. That's, that's awesome. Like having shifted from onsite to remote is difficult, but like You got to do it with a ton of personalities, which sets you up perfectly for working in a a bookkeeping firm where you work with a ton of personalities. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So one of the things I saw on your website is that you specialize in construction. So can you talk a little bit about what that looks like? Because bookkeeping for construction and and tax for construction, like that's its own niche. That is not a thing that I do. (laughs) And in fairness, you know, some bookkeeping firms say that they can do it, but yet they don't understand all the complexities about it. So one of the advantages that my firm has is that I partner with an enrolled agent who is eligible to practice before the Internal Revenue Service. And he also was a former general contractor. So he's got the best of both worlds. He's got the financial end of it, the tax end of it. Plus, he's got the experience of what it was like to run a job a multi-million dollar job in some cases, 
or smaller cases where he was doing a rehab for a client. So he's got both sides of the equation and knows what it takes to run a successful contracting business. So we're able to impart that to our clients. We can instruct them on what's going to be a profitable job, what isn't going to be a profitable job, because we're giving them the workflows and the project management skills in order to determine that. That's awesome. Like seriously awesome. Because it's more than just understanding, oh, this thing is cost of goods and that thing is an expense. I don't know if any other firm that has like that like double-sided background, the bookkeeping tax, and then also like the in the field. Not to mention like in general, we can help you find your groove with your projects and make sure you're profitable so that it's not, oh, as a whole, my company is profitable. Like, no, these jobs are profitable. This is why it's profitable. Try to do more of this and less of that. That's huge. I definitely need to pawn you off on someone. <laughs> um, like, because most of what I do is training, but like you have these conversations and this one guy I'm thinking of, he has a construction business and we're just working on the fundamentals. Like how do you enter your expenses and all that? But there have been points where he's like, oh, can you give me advice on this? And I'm like, no, I, I can't. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> so you had a business, you took a job, COVID hits, you're now working from home. This sounds kind of nice. So I, I'm curious, why did you say, well, I can do this corporate job and I like my corporate job. I would rather be self-employed. And then for anybody else who's in a similar position where they're considering self-employment or opening up a firm, like, can you just talk about your experience and why you did it and how it's been and just anything you want to say? <laughs> sure. I think I was born with an entrepreneurial spirit. I've always wanted to have my own business, even when I was a little kid. Not sure what it was going to be. My original thought was I was going to move from Illinois to Florida, and because I couldn't stand the cold weather, because I'm a California girl, to open up a plant shop. And I was going to call it Just Plants, and it was going to be, you know, house plants and flowers and things like that. And that kind of didn't pan out, didn't move to Florida. But then I had the chance to move to California with my husband at the time and open up the service business. So that worked out really well. So that satisfied my urge for being an entrepreneur. When the business closed and we sold it, I missed it. I missed working for myself and the challenges and the freedom that it imparted. But financially, I couldn't do it. So that's why I went to work for a couple other companies. And it's really nice to be back in the driver's seat again and to have all the responsibility come onto me and to be able to control that and to be able to help fellow entrepreneurs reach their financial dreams because they've got the information to help them do that. Yeah. I love it. I love the description of driver's seat. I can very much relate to that. Like good or bad, whatever happens, I'm the one driving and making the decisions and hoping for the best and planning where I can. Your background is super diverse, which is awesome. It, it means that you know a lot of things about a lot of things. Your partner has a very strong construction background. Mm -hmm. Can you speak to how your firm is a good fit for people in construction? Like just anything there, because that's a big deal. Sure. First of all, I love people. I love working with people and I love having the opportunity to help business owners become better at what they do. I especially find an attraction to working with people in the construction trade, men and women, whether they be electricians or fence builders or concrete workers or, you know, anything in between. They're very hardworking people. And they've put a lot of effort into learning their trade. And I have tremendous respect for that. 
for me, is a good match for my outlook and my skills, along with Tom's outlook and his skills, to be able to bring these two together and offer our expertise to these hardworking men and women. It's an honor for me to be able to do that. And it's a passion for me to be able to help them succeed in what they're doing. So sometimes it's not all roses. Can you, if you don't mind, describe a challenging situation and how you've overcome it or worked through it? Yeah, I've I've got one that comes to mind. It just like pops. We had a client who had not filed his tax returns for two years. And his shoebox bookkeeping system was not pretty. Again, no judgments, but you know, he, he was very disorganized. He would take any job that potential client would offer. He would submit the bid. Not really sure if he was going to make money on it or not. But if the client accepted the bid, you know, he was there and he did the job and he did a good job. But many times he was not quoting correctly because he didn't have the proper tools to do it. So he lost money for those two years once we got everything organized and, you know, filed his taxes. He, he lost money. So we were able to implement systems and workflows to help him understand what was going to be profitable for him and what was not going to be profitable for him, what bids he should accept and which ones he should decline. The proud thing for me is that the third year that he was having us do his books, he was profitable. Not only profitable, he was exceptionally profitable. So that shows the importance of, first of all, good communication and coming up with a plan on how to implement everything, making sure that we have all the expenses that were allocated to each individual project that he did so he could see which ones were profitable and which kinds of projects he should focus on bidding for as opposed to the ones that weren't making him money. And that's one of the reasons why he became so profitable in that third year. So. Attention to detail is extremely important on the bookkeeping end and on the contractor's end as well, because they need to be able to supply information for each particular project so we can advise them, well, you're being profitable on this, but you know your overhead with your payroll is too high. Let's see if we can cut back on that. Those kinds of things is what helped him. And because of that effort, I'm very proud of that. Yeah. That's huge. I need you to do that for me. Just like run through my jobs and be like, more of this, less of that. (laughs) But like on a a serious note, is this a service that you offer for people who are do-it-yourselfers? Like a lot of what I work with are do-it-yourselfers. Do you ever just consult with them and help them pick out what software they should use? Like maybe they're just using a notepad and they're like, I feel like I should bid it at X dollars and they don't have any software in place at all. Yes, we do offer that service depending on how computer savvy a client is, you know, really depends on what we recommend for them to use. I mean, I have some clients that are just happy taking pictures on their cell phone and emailing those to me. And I'm fine with that. If that's what they want to do, I'm fine with that. But we can get much more sophisticated than that as well if the client is up for that and, you know, they want to spend the time learning themselves. You know, as well as I do, that if you wanted to go to a webinar, just on your industry, you could get nothing done but watch webinars and go to conferences and do things. Um, the other option is to stick your head in the sand and never never learn any of the new tech and stay up to date on stuff. So what do you do? Like, How do you stay up to date so that you're not overwhelmed and getting none of your actual work done, but also not just ignoring it and putting it off until tomorrow and then tomorrow's like three years and you haven't updated any of your knowledge? Yeah. 
one of the things that is a requirement for enrolled agents is that they need to take continuing education every year. It's required by the IRS, and then an addition is required for the state of Oregon, where we do taxes. So, so that's a given. That has to take place. For me, I'm very particular on how I spend my time. And before I commit to doing, going, for instance, to a conference, which, you know, takes considerable time as far as the travel and the booking and, and all of that, um, I do a lot of research to see if it's going to be worth my time. I'm part of a couple online communities of fellow bookkeepers and ask their opinions on who has been to this conference before and was it worth your time and those kinds of things. So I do a lot of research first to make sure that that's going to be valuable for me and my clients. And then if it is, then I jump in and go for it. And very rarely am I disappointed by spending the time and making that commitment. I I like that so much because what I hear is I'm intentional about my time and my money and I'm intentional about what I'm trying to learn. I'm not just checking a box like, oh, I learned a thing. Yay me. You're like, I need to know this is going to be worth my while and that it'll be worth someone else's while that I took the time to learn this. Right. So love that. So I'd like to end this on a high note. Can you tell us about a success story, achievement, something where a client just totally and completely won because they hired you? Actually, I think it goes back to that client that I shared with you earlier, the one that hadn't done his tax return for two years and, and how we made him wildly profitable. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't just us, you know, but we gave him the direction and the yeah. things to look for. And then he took the ball and, and ran with it. But, you know, that's my passion to be able to do that for people. Because if someone would have done that for me when I had my first business, you know, it still might be in business today. And maybe it could have been a legacy business where I could have passed it down. And if I can do that for a client, when I do that for a client, because it's happened on you know several occasions, that's exciting for me. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing is to help other people be successful at what they're doing and what they love. I think that's fantastic. Like it's super great. What I like about it is that it's very clear and it's very concrete. I want to do this thing. Like here's the sense of satisfaction I get out of it. Here's the thing that I'm doing for people. It's not a generic answer. that is just a bunch of buzzwords that doesn't say anything. So that's, that's huge. But I know I said that was the last question. We have one more, which is you mentioned you guys provide tax services for people in Oregon. This will go on YouTube and it'll just be like available in the wild to people in the other 49 states. Do you provide bookkeeping and or tax service across the country or are you limited yep. to Oregon? The only, the only thing about Oregon, Oregon is a silly state in many things. And Oregon is the only state in the country that requires EAs that have been, you know, approved by the IRS to also get approved and licensed by the state of Oregon. Okay. So there's a whole other test that you have to take and you have to fill out license requests and those kinds of things. And so that's why I wanted to mention that we do, you know, right. income tax for Oregon as well, because there's particular requirements for it. Okay. Well, now I have a whole nother question. <laughs> <laughs> like in Washington, anybody can just wake up one day and declare themselves a tax preparer and they don't have to be an EA and they don't have to get a special certification. Is that the case in Oregon? And if a person is an EA um, or a CPA, then the, the consumer or the person buying the tax service knows that it's this person has been like extra vetted as opposed to a person with a Vistaprint account. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a big deal. I, I'm not a fan of the people who wake up one day and say, I'm going to be a tax preparer. And I'm like, cool. Like, how do I know that you know more than me? Because I know very little about tax. <laughs> 
Yeah, give me give me some software and I might be able to fake my way through it, right? Well, this was super fun. Thank you so much. Bye.